Every time we use the internet, we leave a trail of information behind. Our social media posts and online purchases, the routes we map and websites we view, all of these generate data. Companies buy this data and use it in a variety of ways, some that may be convenient and others that might seem downright disturbing. So what's a citizen to do? Welcome to Mind You, a podcast produced by WNIJ that's dedicated to stimulating the intellect and inspiring you to learn something new every day. On this edition of Mind You, we'll hear a Northern Illinois University STEM Cafe talk featuring Jeff Gordon, Michelle Kotzka, and Emily Cronauer from the NIU Marketing Department. They'll discuss where we're leaving our digital footprints, who's using our personal data, and what they're doing with it. Let's listen. Thank you. Hey, well, thank you folks so much for braving it out here. I know, you know, you talk in terms of data security, data fraud, things like that, and the whole way driving up here, I'm like going, well, I hope my wife is tracking me as I go off this road into a ditch, you know, as it's flooded. And, um, yeah, it really comes back to you thinking about all the ways, hey, I don't want this data, I don't want them tracking me, and then it's like, I hope she knows where I am, you know. So, as we get through this tonight, um, you know, I thank my two colleagues, Emily and Michelle, because I think they invited me to host with them simply because I've been the victim of more probably data fraud, um, you know, data theft, things like that, which I'll share with some stories we go through here, but it's kind of um, the presentation, I think what we're going to present to you, and from some conversations beforehand, um, many of you are wiser than us in a lot of these topics. Um, it's such a prevalent wide topic, so as we get to the Q&A, things like that, definitely feel free to share your wisdom, because we can definitely learn from it. But um, really want to start tonight with um, you know, a story and just tell you, you know, this whole idea of data, the internet, how we use it kind of thing. And you saw on um, the presentation slide, it, you know, as a partner with an investment research firm, OTR Global, out in Purchase, New York. And basically, um, what we do is we do market research and we'll survey people and then we um, match it up with hedge funds, mutual funds. They then use it to purchase stocks. And one of the things we're trialing right now, and it's kind of coincidental, because my son who works for Procter & Gamble, but one of the things that's going on, you know, and I kind of asked you to raise your hand, and you know, and again, it's privacy, I'm interfering with it by asking you questions right away, but um, you know, I ask any of you, how many of you own individual stocks? Does anybody here own individual stocks? Okay, a good number of you do. L let me ask you this, how many of you purchase the products manufactured or sold by the stocks you own. You know, for example, Procter & Gamble, I purchased, I hate to say it, Metamucil. Okay, you know, I purchased Crest, you know, things like that. Um, one of the things investment firms are trying to do, one of the things consumer products companies are doing, is um, the whole idea of capturing this data from stock purchases or from your scanner data and kind of going back and forth with the companies. And so kind of showing you how pervasive this use of data is, um, you know, we use it in the field in investments to try to track who's purchasing what or trying to get um, Procter & Gamble shareholders more to send them Procter & Gamble product info or Procter & Gamble product info 
try to send them opportunities to buy shares. And so that's just kind of an example of where you see data being used. What we're going to do tonight, Michelle is going to start in a minute, going to talk about how does my data get consumed. Part two, I'm going to talk to you about the difference really between data privacy, data security, or how many ways can my identity be stolen or has been stolen. Emily, I believe, talk about um, you know, what they're doing with my data. And back to Michelle and kind of all of us sharing what I can do to control my data. So let me hand it over to Michelle here. Thank you, Jeff. So how does our data get consumed? What do we do every day that we use data for, that we use technology for? Can I, who, how do, can I have um, some examples from everyone? How to use data in the morning when you wake up? Does anyone check their smartphone? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see what's going on. Um, does anyone have a Fitbit? Let's see if, if this works here. Okay. Well, first, how does technology fit in our life? I'm sorry, I missed that part. So basically, this shows us how many people use the internet in America. We have 88% use the internet, 73 broadband at home, 77% of us have smartphones, and 51% of us use a tablet. So that's something that we have in our everyday life. These are some of the ways that are common to use data. Smartphone. I have a smartphone. I didn't have a smartphone, I think, till my kids got a little bit older and did not realize until last month when my son's phone broke. He's 14. He was at the State Science Fair, Convo Center, 1,000 people, and I couldn't communicate with him. I had to drop him off. Parents weren't allowed in there from 9 to 12. So there I was, okay, go to this door, I'm gonna drop you off here, worried that I wasn't gonna connect with him. And he's 14, he's pretty sufficient, but you know, mama bird swoops in. So I definitely uh, use that. We get on our tablet um, in the morning, maybe read the paper, Wall Street Journal, Google Maps. Who has a Fitbit here? Who does a Fitbit? <laughs> Sometimes you connect with your family, do different things, you know, like have a competition, how many steps that we get in every day, uh, what type of exercises are you're doing? Google Maps. I use Google Maps all the time. You can ask my husband who's here today. I have a horrible sense of directions. I've used it in Rockford um, to go five minutes at, four, at, four, at uh, times because I'm not really familiar with the area. Facebook. Anybody go on Facebook? Yeah, Facebook. Love to see the pictures of my friends. I'm from Buffalo, New York. Um, Canisius College, uh, St. Bonaventure University. Friends are all back there. Love to see the kids. Go check that every day. YouTube, watching videos. Uh, Instagram, does anyone use Instagram? Yeah, Instagram, you're at a restaurant that you made a reservation with open table because it's really convenient that you can do. TripAdvisor, who looks at TripAdvisor before they go anywhere? Yeah, I do. I look at all the ratings and I check, check different things and see where we're going to go. At work, we use technology and, and data. Office 365, we log in. We can log in anywhere. You use 365 back there? Yeah, we log in from anywhere. You have all your files. Uber is the new thing. Anybody Uber? Convenient. You know who's out there driving and when? Starbucks, you just show them your phone now. And you get, they make your favorite latte. They, you can just program it in before you get there. Lots of things that we use our data for. Health claims. This is a newer thing for me. I remember the days when you had your flexible spending account and you had to fax everything to the insurance agencies, dependent care things. Now you scan it and you send it in over the internet. 
and you put your claim in. So these are just you know, some of the ways that we use it every day, probably not even thinking of it. You wake up, well, you look at your phone, you check your steps, maybe there's something that happened that maybe, oh, maybe there's a YouTube video, let's see what that is. Amazon, who's an Amazon? I'm an Amazon person. Amazon Prime, love that two-day shipping. Always on Amazon, and Amazon sends me things, we'll talk about a little later about targeting, you know, things that I would like based on my shopping habits. So these are just some of the ways that we use technology every day and how, really, if we didn't have them, would you miss them? Probably. You don't realize it until your son breaks his smartphone and you can't communicate to him with him how much you use this every day and how much it takes over our lives. So that's, I'm going to turn it back over to Dr. Gordon here, and he is going to talk to us about privacy and security of data. Okay, privacy. Um... Exactly. Done. There's no privacy. Uh, the day you um, put up your mailbox, quite honestly, in front of your house, um, the days of privacy were done, as I say. The days um, you have a phone number. I used to, um, anybody here work for the phone company? Yeah, who do you, who do you work for? Okay, I was fortunate enough, or I should say I'm old enough, um, you know, that when the Bell companies broke up, AT&T, the Baby Bells, all that, um, one of the interesting things about them was um, they never really had marketing departments. Yeah, you because know, they never had the market. They were a monopoly. And, um, you know, I was fortunate enough, I got called in to do, um, actually show them how to market. And that's actually how I became familiar with Illinois. Um, used to go to the training center out in Lyle, where they had it, Belcor, um, you know, things like that. But um, one of the amazing things, and they started talking about it back then, you know, was the whole idea as we broke up, hey, guess what? I have the phone numbers of every single place everybody calls. You know, and all of a sudden, you know, their wheels were spinning back then. And they're saying, well, imagine if I know what stores these people call or what garages they call. You know, and all this, what can I do with this information? Think how much it's worth. And um, fortunately, there were things enacted by the F, you know, Federal Communications Commission, things like that, that they didn't share that. But you start thinking even back then of the types of information that was held. You know, likewise, if you think about you know, this whole idea of credit cards. You know, and credit cards have been with us many years, but you start thinking about, and um, when I was back before investments, I did consulting, this whole idea of um, on your credit card. If you're a big user of your credit card, guess what? I know everything about you. I mean, the level of detail, depending on the store, you know, we know that Jeff bought a pair of Swiftwick socks, you know, for $2.99. You know, we know exactly, you know, what type of music from Amazon, Apple. Um, so this whole idea of privacy, and what I'm really trying to get across to you is, we've never really had privacy. It's really been the kindness, you know, and I'm a business person, so I'll try to jade this the correct way, of course. You know, it's really the kindness of a lot of businesses that um, your information, you know, quite honestly isn't used, because we do collect it, you share it, we have to collect it, because you're charging on our accounts or you're using our accounts, you know, just like, I mean, think about AT&T, Comcast, all of them. You're the one watching their movies, you know, as I say. Um, 
So we have all this, we have the access. It really comes down to how much, you know, are we going to use it. And that's really, if you think of data privacy in a word, you know, it's really access. And then how much are we going to let them utilize to use, you know, use it. Security, on the other hand, you know, I can tell you and um, horrible deja vu today. These guys were, I don't know where, you guys were out of your health food restaurant, right? Sharing data, you know, on your kale salads and things like that. So I was the one stuck watching the office, and I'm sitting in the office, and all of a sudden these two guys come in, and they're like, hey, we're here to collect all your shredding stuff. You know, your top secret, confidential, you know, you put in a little magic box, you know, and goes off somewhere and is shredded. Well, um, you know, I had this horrible deja vu because my wife, who works for OTR, the company I was with and partner, um, she had her identity stolen. And they traced it back to about 22 employees of OTR. And um, they couldn't figure it out first, and then they tracked it to the shredding company. You know, they tracked it to some workers for Iron Mountain out there who basically were taking all the old forms and somebody got hold of it. Yeah, and for her, the whole idea of a Danny theft, she knew when um, we got a bill at home for five computers from Dell Computer in Dallas, you know, and then she got a call from her bank saying, um, yeah, just for one of the bankrupts, just asking, verifying why she's going to payday loan to borrow money instead of the bank. She's there, I'm not. Well, anyways, um, make a long story short, it took about six months to clear that up. Um, two years ago, you know, and NIU folks, it's like my caveat, um, 17 of us in the college business at NIU uh, went to file taxes. And, um, and I was one of them, and it came back, you know, rejected, your taxes have already been filed. And whether it was NIU or not, it was investigated, said no, but, um, you know, whether it was the area DeKalb, it was quite a number of people. And that's data security. Where's the data coming from? And then the third story, and I'll kind of weave it back, is and had these guys laughing this spring, my you know, as I say, compassionate uh, companions here, but, you know, I'm sitting in my office and Emily's next door and all of a sudden she hears from me, what the blank, you know, and she said, what, Jeff, what's the matter, what's the matter? And I'm like, well, my transactions on my credit card always show up. You know, it's an automatic notice with me because at least I'm savvy enough to say I want that. And here I got a charge of 890-some dollars from Mid-South Guns in Memphis, Tennessee, you know? And I'm like, wow, you know, this, this isn't me. And, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you gotta take care of that. Well, about 15 minutes later, you know, she hears another, what the blank, you know? And it um, turns out it was uh, for three baby carriages um, shipped to Brooklyn, New York, which I found out later, um, from baby carriages or some the us, you know, in Los Angeles, California. and. The point being is trying to figure out, okay, where'd the credit card number get stolen? It could have been a variety of places. Now, we kind of played detect and were like, was it a gas station where they skimmed my number or, you know, things like that. And um, it was all resolved, you know, and all these without loss. But the whole idea of data security, you know, we worry about privacy. You know, I always tell people I wouldn't worry about privacy. 
I'd worry about security because, um, you know, that's where it becomes a danger to you. You know, in terms of privacy, okay, you guys know, you know, I say you guys, the vendors know um, what type of undershirts I wear. Yeah, eh, big deal. You know, but I'm more concerned if somebody's purchased 20 undershirts with my money. And that's really, if you think about it, the difference between security and privacy. So I'm going to switch it over to Emily now to go a little further. Um, so, you know, um, we're coming from the Department of Marketing. And, you know, Jeff and Michelle have kind of talked about the different ways that you're leaving tracks. I mean, basically, that's what data is to marketers. It's the tracks that you've left behind that show your behaviors, your interests, and they, there's so much of it that they can make connections based on what you're going to do in the future, what you're more likely, what car you're more likely to buy, you know, based on obviously your salaries, but even times of year, um, with all the computers that are in our vehicles these days, I'm not sure if you know, um, I, I bought a new car last year and it had OnStar and I've got this great, you know, GPS system and, and my Pandora is set up in there. Well, now they know, now my, my car knows what I like to listen to. My car knows how much I weigh when I sit down in my seat. My car knows how tall I am because of how my seat settings are. And this is all data, again, that's being collected just by my automobile. My phone is connected to my car as well. So every morning when I get in, um, I'm not, I hope I'm not scaring anybody, but every morning when I get in, it tells me exactly how many minutes it's going to take me to get to my daughter's daycare. Um, and so it knows that I have a, now it knows I have a child that I take my daughter to daycare and that I also then go to campus after that. I mean, and these are all unintentional, right? So and this is what Dr. Gordon is talking about, how, you know, I've given up that level of privacy. I've given that up to have a vehicle that, you know, I can customize in that way um, so that I know the traffic route so that I can get to daycare on time and be at work on time. And I'm okay with that, you know. Um, I'm not okay if someone, you know, if I, if I don't have a secure system and someone abuses that, obviously. But because of all this data, from a marketing perspective, we and you as individuals and, and consumers have become the product now. Um, marketers and companies pay a lot of money um, for um, research companies like Jeff owned and was part of, and his wife still is, and, and um, A.C. Nielsen, you know, you used to think of them only as the television ratings, right? Um, but now A.C. Nielsen keeps all kind of consumer behavior information based on what you're doing on your smartphones and where you're going on the internet, and they sell that information and provide, well, there's some of it's available free, actually, but, but they, they sell that to clients so that clients can learn, you know? So if I have a product that I want to reach, you know, baby boomers that are living in certain areas because they're more likely to buy this type of vehicle, you know, I buy that information to learn about where they're located within the United States. And then I target advertisements to those locations because my ROI on those type of advertisements is going to be much higher. Um, and so that's what I mean by you and, and myself, you know, we become the product here. Um, 
when Bob was talking in the introduction about those uninvited emails that you get, um, in reality, 99% of those emails you you did invite in. You know, you agreed to the terms and conditions um, on the app that you downloaded. You might not have read it, but it was there. Um, and you agreed to allow those companies to share your email, your phone number, your profile information with their partners. You know, at the same time, those, those agreements also have security features in them, right? We're not going to share them with anybody that's going to do this with you. And they're not going to reach out in this way to you. So again, you know, we're, we're giving up some of that privacy um, for customization. Um, so yeah, that's, this is, it, it's all about being able to reach customers faster, um, using less money, in all, in, in all honesty, from a marketing perspective. So yeah, when Bob mentioned that, I'm like, yeah, I get those too, actually. I got probably six telemarketing phone calls this evening. You know, and the security part of that aspect is if it's a credit card, you know they're not going to, you know, it's not going to sound the same. I can always tell when my credit card is calling me because it's an actual person. It's not an automated, you know, thing. And they ask me a lot of um, secure questions to get through to that point. Um, so this is what they're doing with your data. And again, it's just a matter of, of you know, how much of it are you okay with? You know, to live in a modern society, um, you've got to be okay with the idea that your data is out there. Recently, my sister found a website that was able to, um, it listed her relatives, it listed all this information about her, and she, she shared it with everybody online. And I said, yeah, but Laura, I mean, this is all there anyway. You know, when, when you're on Facebook, and you mention your relationship status. You know, you may connect with your daughter and you have her listed as your daughter in Facebook. Well, then it knows that association and then it can look at all the other photos as well. And I, again, I'm not trying to say this to scare anybody because on some level, you know, we do enjoy that, um, that ability. It gives us more freedom to do other, you know, other things as well. So with that, I'm gonna pass the mic to Michelle or Jeff, who's next? Oh I, oh, I did, I actually did want to mention, I'm just kind of going off the cuff here, but I did have some slides that, that mention internet shopping. Do, do you all shop online? Okay, some of you, not all of you. Okay. Um, one of the interesting things about data and about how much data is being collected, you know, we've talked a lot about cell phones. 88% um, of, of people are going online now. But it used to be that when you think about going online, it was just through a PC. Most people are accessing the internet through their cell phones. And because they can access through their cell phones, now you've got, um, I can't think of the word offhand, but it's like geo-targeting, where you know, based on where you are now, they, can tar they target you based on your location. So that's not necessarily something they could do when you're accessing the internet through a PC. So, um, Internet shopping has, has increased dramatically. You know, we think about it a lot at Christmas time. Um, you know, I probably did 90% of my Christmas shopping online. I will say that most retail spending is still brick and mortar stores. So people are still buying more from a brick and mortar store than they are online. But internet spending has increased so dramatically that this is, you know, kind of hard to ignore.
You know, enabling the targeting, things like this, you know, tracking users' reactions, tracking out effectiveness, location aware, granular data, um, it's all really got to do with technology. You know, and again, I look out, you know, as a, a sea of friendly faces because I feel like we're all in the same age, you know, group in terms of that. Usually I'm looking at and it's all the younger people in that and you're like, hey, do you remember this show? And they're like, the Flintstones? Never heard of it, you know, or things like that. Um, but with you folks, if you think about it, most of us have seen a revolution in the sense of, um, you know, and I'll really date myself, but when I started with computers, we used paper tape. You know, and then we used cards. You know, you'd feed the cards and the different punches, you know, would signify the computer. Then it was the big mainframes and we were all hooked up. You know, and then all of a sudden you got, you know, the PCs and then you got the floppy disks. You know, and then you got the smaller disks, the three and a half, and now it's like, what's a disk, Dad? You know, things like that. Um, but along with that, probably more important than those, you know, as I say, advances, is really the speed of computing. You know, the whole idea of, um, you know, how we're able to get more data, use more data. And probably the best example I can give you is, um, you know, all of you who've grocery shopped, right? And it used to be when you grocery shop, it was the coolest thing when they started using scanners you know, they'd scan a Coke product and they'd give you a coupon for a Pepsi product. You know, or they'd scan a Coke product and they'd give you a coupon for another soft drink, you know, and you're like, how'd they do that? You know, and of course it was predictive analytics based on what you just bought. You know, and it was that, as I say, slow. Um, you know, from there then, you know, what became common, and you've all gone through that experience, you still do loyalty cards. You know, scanner data from shopping, grocery shopping, things like that. Um, which we're still, on a retail level, we're still trying to catch up with the data. We're still trying to, um, you know, Emily and I always joke, because we always shop at Target. We're always trying to figure out, you know, okay, Target's probably the most advanced in the sense that, I don't know if those of you who have the Target card, the red card, does anybody have that? You know, and you're starting to get probably more recently mailers from them, and they're becoming better and better at based on what you've shopped for before, to not only give you coupons for those type products, but to kind of lead you a little astray. You know, so if you used, which I use their up and up shave cream, okay? So I use their up and up shave cream, so they might then steer me to a coupon for another up and up product. You know, men's personal product category. And that's really predictive analytics. You know, and that's really looking at, the reason why we're able to do it is because computing resources are less and less expensive. You know, we can do now, um, my colleagues who've researched now, you know, what they do with analysis, things like Lestral and, you know, ugh, all this stuff where I'm going, well, we used to do regression. You know, we used to find out means and standard deviations and things like that. Um, yeah, it's gone. So what you're really seeing now, you know, kind of the next big advancement is what's called machine learning or deep learning. And when we look at machine learning or deep learning, you know, it really comes down to all it's really doing is it's taking millions of granules of data about you. 
You know, it's taken, okay, where you shopped, how long were you at a store, what products, you know, depending on the locale, GPS, I don't know if you guys knew it, but with some apps you have, they can track you in the store. You know, basically if you have it turned on, what aisle you're at, you know, product categories, things like that. Based on all those pieces of information, you know, we can start getting a better and better picture of you. And again, what we've chosen to do with that data, not that much right now because it's overwhelming. I mean, it, you know, it really is. Not only is the data scientist, you know, I look at it as like an investment person and go, there's just too much coming out of there. But what you're going to start seeing and what you're starting to see, as I say, on a small level is what you're really starting to see is not only more targeted mailings to you, but targeted offers, um, targeted calls, things like that. And we're just starting to really pick up on it because we're getting more and more. It's kind of like Emily and I, we're starting a program in digital marketing, a master's program in digital marketing. And for us to figure out who are the likely candidates to come here, well, geez, what data do we have? You know, who are the students who already graduated from here? Who are the students who graduate from here with a degree related to computer science or digital marketing? Who are the students, well, we've gone past them, who are the students who've taken a digital marketing course? You know, who are the students, you know, through LinkedIn who went on to work in this field? And all of this is very what I call crude data analytics. It's crude because we're doing it and we're not that smart. Um, but it's basically something we can do. I shouldn't say we, Emily does it, so I'll give her credit. But we do the queries, and then I use database, you know, and you come back with the answers within a couple minutes. You know, and it's kind of in that way, you know, this whole idea of machine learning, deep learning, what companies are doing more and more, they're starting to see, okay, a person who buys this product, who also buys this product, who buys this product, could be swayed to buy this product. And if you look at companies like AC Nielsen, which some of our graduates go to work for, like I said, consumer products, Procter & Gamble, more and more money is just being spent on trialing people, trialing products. And, you know, going back to data privacy again, you know, and Michelle's gonna get into this on the last section here, but, um, you know, you can opt out of sharing a lot of data, you can choose to do that, but you're creating so much data each day that you're even unconscious of. I mean, it really is. You, you know, as again, as I say, you have your phone turned on, you're given a credit card or a loyalty card. I mean, there's so many things coming at you, you know, it's just, it's the inquisitive nature, as I say, of marketers. Or it's kind of like, you know, and I thought of this presentation tonight, and I'm going to switch it over to Michelle here in a minute, but it's kind of like the presentation night last, not last night, but last night I did get home, and I'm flipping through the mail, and we had a letter miss, you know, delivered to us. And it was just two letters, you know, stuck together, and of course you look at the letter, and it's, you know, from some insurance progressive, you know, insurance, you know, quote thing. And I'm looking at, and of course, I'm looking at the name on the envelope, you know, and you're just starting to do data associations. I say you can't help it unconsciously in your mind. You know, and you take the letter, take it back to the post office, 
say it got delivered wrong and all that. But that's just really the inquisitive nature of people. You know, it really is. It's kind of like your neighbor at the table. You know, they start writing something down. We're not going to, but we're so, what? Curious about what? Looking at what they're writing. Yeah, and then based on that, hmm, making inferences, assumptions. That's machine learning predictive analytics. So, Michelle. Okay, so we're going to talk about some ways, and I'm at no means an expert on this, but there are a couple things that you can do to control your data. The first thing that you have to do is decide if you want your data controlled. So do you like all the little perks that you get? Do you like that when you go on a site, it shows you that blouse that I wish I would have bought that blouse at JCPenney because I've seen it on five different sites now that I looked at it and there it is. Is it reminding you or do you find it annoying? One, I can have a story of one uh, time that I found uh, privacy um, that I did not opt out of because I didn't realize was with DirecTV. I don't know if anyone has DirecTV. This is going back a couple years ago. Um, kids were little. Um, it was, I was staying at home with them uh, for a couple years and I keep getting these emails, talk about unwanted emails, space bag, I don't, all these crazy products that I'm like, why am I getting these? I, I don't understand. And like, like Jeff said, you know, like association, we're like, we're wondering why is this coming through? So I keep getting them, keep getting them, keep getting them. And then one day I'm sitting in the living room watching TV with my kids and I see a commercial on Nickelodeon, space bags. And there are these bags that you like, they contract and they, you can put your stuff in it and it's like freeze drying them, and they slide under your bag. So come to find out, I did not opt out of something with DirecTV, so they were tracking my preferences on what was being watched. So it was some show on Nickelodeon or whatever channel it was, so they were then sending me emails because of course I paid online, they have my email address, and I'm getting all these emails based on the shows that my kids were watching. So then I did opt out of that because that was a little annoying. And they're like, don't you want to know what you watched? And I'm like, no, I really don't. <laughs> so that was uh, one, uh, one instance where I did want to control my data. And I, I did that by working with DirecTV. But if you like those things, if you like you know, to find out how long it's going to take to get to your daughter's daycare, if you, if you like, like all those, those little things that they tell you every day, then that's something um, you want to think about. But if you don't, there are some different ways to um, control your data. And then I'll talk about briefly about four ways. And there's the Privacy Rights Clearinghouse, which uh, will help you opt out of data broker and marketing lists. So basically, what that is are these data brokers are, I think, Spokio, White Pages are a couple of them. And they sell your information. And they control how you opt out of different databases. So you need to go to that. It'll help you, the, help you opt out of data broker and marketing lists. So if you're getting some unwanted things, maybe it's too much, maybe you don't want that, then that's something to consider. And then you can control your data source. And I think this is really important. There are two main sources of data that we have. Government data, which you really cannot do anything about. Your real estate transactions and your court records, they're up there. If I wanted to find them, even if, you know, as not paying for them, you can find them. You can find out who got divorced in the town of DeKalb if you really waited long enough and wanted to look at that. But you can control your social networks. You can decide if you're on Facebook, YouTube, Foursquare, any of these, Twitter, because they're going to want your information. Whether they say they're doing anything with it, there are some, some tracking things going on with it. Be careful who you connect with also. 
you know, and then and set your, if you are on these, I'm on, on Facebook, I have the privacy setting where you can't search for me. You know, you look for um, different, you know, different ways to control that, different settings. Do not sign in with Google or Facebook or LinkedIn because that makes it easier to track you. You know, if you're going to sign into something and uh, don't use those social media things. So those are ways you can control your data sources. You can, number three, contact your elected officials. This is another one. Talk about the Federal Trade Commission, uh, Congress. Um, they just repealed a uh, Internet Act uh, back in March that's going to allow uh, in independent service providers still track your data. So there are different things you can do from that standpoint. Uh, obviously, that is a longer process and is not instantaneous, but that is where you also have a voice is with the government. And then um, enable do not track in your browser. So proactively set your browser to block cookies and enable the do not track setting. So you can do that. Um, it's different with different browsers. Um, usually on the right-hand side, a little gear or something. And you can select that under your internet settings. You can also use a web privacy browsing tool to block third-party tracking. And these are just three that I know of. There's Privacy Badger, which is uh, based out of a non-for-profit um, non uh, internet privacy act. And then there's Ghostery and Disconnect. So if you go into them, they will actually tell you how many third-party cookies they are blocking. So those are you know, some of the ways that you can protect yourself there. If you totally do not uh, want your data on the internet, then obviously don't be on the internet. So, yes, you have a question? Yes, it's a Privacy Badger, Ghostery, Ghostery, H O S E. Yeah, and you said that Chad had had used this a little bit, and it didn't work. So, yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah I used it when I and there, yeah, there's disconnect. Yeah, sometimes it bugs me, but I you could, you can go into incognito mode. Does anything know about that? That's a, um, is that on Chrome? I think, or is yeah, that's on Chrome. So then that you can go in, then no one can see what you're on, your history, or anything like that. If you're using, you know, a public computer, or you just you know don't want to be, be tracked. Um, another thing too is, you know, clear your history every day. Yeah, and just you know a couple you know, other basic tips like that. But it's all out there. So <laughs> there's not, you know, a lot that you can do, but there are some measures you can take to control what you have out there, if you want it controlled. So I don't know if anyone, that's all I have today. If you have any yeah, closing comments. Yeah, I mean, comments. I think just the closing comment, and we'll take the break and go to questions and all that, is it's just really the whole idea of this, it really, yeah, it really comes down to, you know, what do you want to get for what do you want to give up? And a big part of this really comes down to, because I was kind of, you know, as I see all this shocked, but as our smart students who are the digital whizzes and they go into it and Emily and all that tell me this, well, they're not really tracking you, Jeff Gordon. They really don't care about Jeff Gordon. They just know that this person, number 462,576,000, mm -hmm you know, has these traits, buys from these stores and things like that, and I'm marketing to that computer. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at this whole idea of privacy, a lot of the things we get upset about, it's not, how can I say, it's not personal? How's that sound? 
You know, it's not personal, whereas, to be honest, data security is very personal. So, I don't know if you have anything to add, Emily. No, I just, you, you, you had mentioned Target earlier, and I think that's the, bit, the big thing that you're seeing in the news these days is security breaches of information is, is really where the big news is at. You know, some of you may not have Target red cards because of that huge hack that Target had just a few years ago um, in their system. And now they're having to gain the trust back of consumers that were very loyal to them at that point. So on a, on a good note from this is companies realize that there is a lot of money to be had by maintaining strong security systems for you guys to prevent malicious use of your information. And as long as that is the case, as long as business sees value in, in helping to protect you and your information, that's a very good thing for you guys. And, and you can feel you know, maybe a little bit more secure in, in downloading these apps and using social media and accepting these terms of use and understanding that I'm giving this up because I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna have this amount of trust in the people that I'm gonna share this with. That was Jeff Gordon, Michelle Kotzka, and Emily Cronauer from the marketing department at Northern Illinois University. Support for Mind You comes from Northern Illinois University. Your future, our focus. Find out more at niu.edu. You can find more podcasts of Mind You at wnij.org. Mind You is produced in collaboration with NIU Steamworks by WNIJ, where you learn something new every day.